We want to thank our listeners for joining and we are going to get started. Um, we appreciate you so much. We know that you have a lot to do and there's a lot going on, but we appreciate you taking time to join us on Black Entrepreneur Experience Live. And if you have any questions for Leon, we will let you ask him some questions. So we are super excited about that. Thank you for joining us as we elevate the Black Entrepreneur Experience by interviewing CEOs, thought leaders, innovative thinkers, and Black entrepreneurs across the globe. I'm your host, Dr. Frances Richards. Our next guest is musical genius, composer, orchestra arranger, music producer, and music editor, scores music on the upcoming Cleve Davis. Clive Davis, I'm sorry, Clive Davis produced musical about the life of the late iconic pop star, Whitney Houston. I want to dance with somebody. Welcome, Leon. Thank you. Thank you. I feel very welcome. I've given our audience such a brief bio. Why don't you share with our audience what you'd like them to know about you and your um, your business and the role that you're playing in this upcoming iconic Wow. Okay, that's that's definitely a, a good question. Really broad, but if I if I can um, just speak humbly first, I would like to say I am a child of God. Number one, I'm a husband. Number two, I'm a I'm a brand new father. Uh, my firstborn son was delivered to us uh, through my wife about five weeks ago. So this is a very touching season for me. Uh, and above all that I do musically, I definitely. Uh, I believe life is bigger than just the arts. It's um, centered around love, and, and that's the thing that I've been raised with a father who's a pastor of the church, and just raised to have love for God and love for people. Uh, and that moving on into music definitely funds funnels a lot of my um, creative passion to um, songwrite and also play instruments and, of course, scoring for the orchestra. Which leads me, which led me the opportunity to scoring for a few different films, and the most recent film, like you mentioned, is the Clive Davis Whitney Houston movie that's actually coming in the movie theaters on this weekend, starting Friday. So, pretty excited and just grateful to be a part of that. Yeah, congratulations about being a first-time father. Congratulations. So, talk about that being a father, a husband, and um, this musical genius and composer. Wow. Okay. Thank you. That's, that's something. Cause I, I, it seemed like a long time coming, you know, I, I feel like I'm, I'm still a kid at heart. So having a, a little, a little son now is something special. And I, I definitely, I'm, I'm feel, I feel more prepared than ever um, as far as um, being married for, almost eight years to my amazing wife and it was just us for eight years. And now a baby is here, you know? So we did, I think, I believe we did the right thing. You know, we made sure we were debt free and we have money in the bank and we have our careers that are thriving and we still have our family members who are all alive. Thank God. I'm a twin. My wife is a twin and we thought we were going to have twins, but um, we were just blessed with one boy, which is perfect. 
And um, yeah, so every morning I'm I keep my same routine. So every morning I'm up about six a.m. in the morning, studying scores, uh, and, um, and 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 sight reading, practicing sight reading, like playing Bach and um, Mozart and Beethoven and any anything classical to get my juices flowing for the day and also learn. So my my morning ends about ten a.m. with a heavy training regimen, um, and then uh, get to work for clients or go to the gym or. You know, just enjoy the family. So that's a. a... And tell us about um, how did this come about? You having the opportunity to produce um, the music for this. So uh, there's a a genius named Rodney Jerkins, aka Dark Child, who's made produced many uh, hit records for the likes of Michael Jackson, and Whitney Houston, and many others. And he and I just started working together about about a year ago to, to date. Started with uh, working on the Campbell Soup commercial. When he called me, uh, was he he was referred to me by a composer named Stanley Brown, who's like a childhood hero of mine. And um, I'm, I live in L.A. now. I'm from New York. But uh, just so happened, Stanley told Rodney, hey, you need to call Leon Lacey because he's your guy. He can orchestrate music qu- quite quickly, different styles. And uh, I live not too far from Rodney here in the Valley. And so um, after we did the Campbell Soup commercial, it went across so so good and smooth that a few weeks later, he called me over to his home um, in Calabasas. And pretty much he's like, hey, we got this Whitney Houston project that's coming. I would love to incorporate you for you to be a part. So he gave me an acapella of Whitney Houston singing a song named Don't Cry For Me that was originally recorded by B.B. and C.C. Wines. So uh, the, the version that that he gave me was originally a big song with the orchestra playing behind her. Uh, but it was kind of dated because it was like from the ni- early 90s. And Clive Davis wanted this song to be remade with Whitney's vocals and a whole new cinematic feel. So in short, Rodney gave me that song. I took it home. About two days later, I brought him back the demo of what it could sound like with a full orchestra. And he texted me back. Uh, literally saying, bro, you made a grown man cry. And so I took that as a very positive remark. Um, needless to say, about six, seven months later, he called me to finish up more music for the uh, actual movie. So, um, and that was in October when they flew me into Nashville. And I only had about six days to complete about five more songs. Um, so that that was pretty much how everything got started. We want to thank the audience for joining. And if anyone has a question for Leon, let us know and we will definitely get you on. So, Leon, what is something that we as consumers and we are looking um, to definitely support the film? It's released on December 23rd. So definitely check out. Um, in your area where you can see the movie Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance with Someone. And if we know anything about movies, you want to go um, the when it opens, that's what impacts and helps all the artists and all the actresses and every film directors. That is what really makes a movie is us supporting the movie um, when it opens um, that weekend, the first day that it opens. So we want to definitely support. Um, so what is something that we don't know about the audience, um, that we don't know about 
um, being a producer on a film that we should know? Oh, well, oh, that's a great question. You know why? Because um, we, we watch a lot of, well, this, I know I'm just going to, I'm just going to go to my first thought when you ask me that question, but we watch a lot of films as, um, as a black person, I watch a lot of different films, but whenever I watch a black film that's centered around black culture, whether it's black topics or black family or black scenery, I know, I normally notice that the composers are usually not black. They usually a different nationality, mostly Jewish, but, um, that's something that really strikes a nerve with me because I believe that black people also have the ability to score movies and to even do just a, a good job at undertoning and underscoring the things that are happening in that movie. Um, and so that's something that a lot of people don't know, that a lot of this music is not being composed by black people. You may hear a black song or an artist in the movie, in the soundtrack, but when it comes to setting the tone and making music for the landscape and the ambiance of the movie is usually not somebody who is black. And thank you for sharing that. And when you talk about score a movie, um, what exactly for our audience, what exactly does that mean? So that means pretty much telling the story of the movie with a musical undertone. So in other words, like if, if a movie opens up and it's a sad scene, you will hear music to embellish what's happening on the screen. So if a little girl's crying or a little boy is sad, you will hear soft music or some soft strings. If you hear somebody who's in danger, you may hear those strings start to sound a little bit more violent or a little bit more mischievous um, to pretty much give you, the, the, the listener, the feeling, or the, or the uh, viewer, the feeling of what's happening. So that's just a, a general understanding of scoring. It, it leads you into what's about to happen on the screen and it also leads you away from what's happening on the screen. And you talked about being a um, a preacher's kid. How did that impact you in terms of being in the industry that you're? Yeah, uh, that's that's a great question because I grew up in a. I don't. I won't say what denomination. But I don't want to give it a bad name because I really love the denomination that I grew up in. But unfortunately, there was many parts of the denomination that was very strict. So we didn't get a chance to, um, that wasn't Christian music. Uh, my father started pastoring when I was um, just entering high school. And so thankfully he wasn't as strict as the church that we came out of that I grew up in. So he was a little bit more lenient and understanding as far as me pursuing a career in music, which meant I had to learn not just Christian music, but I had to learn a lot of different forms, as well as appreciate a lot of different cultures of, of music. So that that was that opened me up to you know not just classical and jazz, but also hip hop and and rock and all kind of other stuff. That my father was pretty tolerant compared to a lot of other pastors in our denomination. So talk about your top two influencers and what lessons did they teach you? 
My top two influencers. That's 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 a great question. That's that's my little son in the background. I'm I'm gonna get it quiet for one second. I'm gonna pull over. Um, but um, so from child, I'll, I'll do childhood to adult, and I'll and I'll be very extreme. My my first influencer was the church drummer, by the name of Rob Jiggets, who later on in life ended up marrying my sister, Deirdre. Um, Rob is no longer with us, but he was my first, uh, when I was my son's age, before I was even one years old, my attention was drawn to the drums and Rob, who was the drummer. So I literally, he was like my childhood mentor all the way through, through, uh, high school, through college. You know, he was just a phenomenal musician, but his spirit and his attitude was, the driving force of my attitude and my, um, I guess, sensitivity of, of growing as a musician. So some musicians grow very, very arrogant and some grow very humble. And it, it depends on who your uh, mentors and leaders. Um, and so later on in life, my I would say my most recent influence is a composer from the 1800s by the name of Richard Strauss. Ricard is an, um, another way of saying Richard, um, I believe it's Italian, uh, but either way, he's uh, an, just an amazing composer. I study his work um, every day, study his scorings. And um, so those are two, those are two examples. We want to thank our audience for joining us. And if they have a question for Leon, just let us know. There are so many brands and businesses, Leon, that is dominating. Talk about a brand or business that's dominating that you admire and why. Okay, that's good. Um, give me a second. I, that was that's a question I wasn't prepared for because it's it's a really important question though. I think um, anything with with engineering, believe it or not, has nothing to do with science, with um, music. But anything with engineering is, is a business that has always intrigued me as I get older. Um, the, to be able to build and engineer something that is going to grace the earth um, and be a blessing to families, even generations, that's something that's very um, admirable. Here living in L.A., I found out that there are normally there are 50 at least 50 buildings that are built uh, every year out here in LA. But when when COVID hit for some reason, now the average is 300 buildings per year that are being built in in LA, and that's a lot to be said about that. Um, I wonder how many of those builders are black, but it's a lot to be said about um, engineering uh, when it comes to building and even other, you know, cars or what have you, but I think I'm more so speaking about, you know, uh, real estate and uh, building properties. Speaking of the pandemic, I want you to fill in the blank. Thank you, pandemic, because. Okay, thank you, pandemic, because I started running at least six to seven miles every day with my wife during the pandemic. We slowed down because of the baby, but um, that was something that was our direct 
uh, relation to the pandemic because the gyms were closed. And so we got out and started running up the mountains and hills out here. Um, and also I think, uh, think the pandemic because it, re- it really got me focused into my study regimen that I mentioned earlier, waking up early and, and really using the time wisely. Also think the pandemic, a lot of money wasn't spent, but a lot of money was made and saved as well as relationships. So those are three things. So what is, um, what I'd like you to do is, what is the biggest takeaway from our conversation today, Leon? What do you want the audience to leave? Oh, well, I would love the audience to leave with, they met a young man who is, who's um, rooted in the ground in a faith, who's a family man, who's a black man, who is doing something that is positive and educated and inspirational and no matter what the current climate is about black men in our country or in the world that um, that there are a few black men who are fighting against the grain every day to remain integral and keep dignity as we move forward in the things that God has impressed upon us to do. Leon, you talked about your wife. I want you to say her name and give a shout out to her um, for everything that she's done, especially for being very supportive and the mother of your son. So just shout out to your wife and say something special. All right. That's great. Thank you so much. Well, I would like to shout out my amazing wife. Her name is Stephanie Lacey. And she's actually sitting right by me right now, feeding the baby. And um, she's amazing. She's a, a leader. Like I said, I'm a twin. She has. She's also a twin. And um, she's just um, of the biggest blessing of my life. And I love her. I look forward to raising this little boy together. And going on more runs and building, smiling, laughing, traveling. And she's also an entrepreneur herself. She's she's a very important business person, actually. And um, let me see. She's she's 100% Haitian. She's a Haitian queen that will inspire many more Haitian women. And, yeah, that, that's a few things. That's awesome. And um, thank you so much, Stephanie, um, for just, like, being on the road, feeding the baby, and just um, supporting Leon. And do you want to give a shout out about her business? Because we always support entrepreneurs. Yeah, well, you know, one one of her businesses is she's working for someone very important. So we don't um, really uh, publicize it. But one of her other personal businesses is she's a writer for our um, company, which is called Your Life is Orchestrated. And we uh, short for Yilio, Y-L- I-O, short for Your your Life is Orchestrated. So she's also an amazing writer and journalist. Well, thank you for sharing that. What is your zone of genius? Uh, can I ask you in, in on what area in regards to? However you interpret the question. Okay. Then that's the easy way to answer. <laughs> 
My zone of genius as each day comes has definitely have to be discipline. Not just discipline, but also humility. So discipline and being meek is is a, a is the key ingredient to my genius. It's um it takes the ceiling off of how high I can go, how strong I could how strong I could be, how fast I could get there. Um, because I have so many resources available to me with those two principles working every day, discipline and humility. And you know what? Normally I would ask the question, Leon, to talk to a younger you, but I'm going to ask the question in a different way. So you have traveled on this journey throughout your life. And I want you to pick a time frame that has really been very inspiring to you. And I want you to talk about um, what would you say to yourself at that moment? Oh, (laughs) well, that's crazy because the the first uh, thing that comes to my mind is I have a degree. my, My only degree is in music education. So. I did go through a period, only about six, seven months, no, about a year, actually, that I taught in a public school. So I taught children from pre-K all the way to high school. And the first um, answer that comes to mind is when I was working with the elementary school kids. So up until the fifth grade. Um, and I guess maybe my, my mind goes there now because of our our new son. But um, what I would say to myself is that I will be back for those little kids in some kind of way, even if it's just through my son. But I love teaching. I love seeing the development of children. And I, I believe that their, their progress and um, the way they process things is ingenious. Each one of them have a different way of learning and showing vulnerability and also showing strength and so it's something that i really like to be around and i like to i like to ignite and encourage and i like to see the growth um it does it does a lot for me personally um hopefully it does things for them as well we want to thank our audience for joining if anyone has a question for leon let us know Leon, I want you to have a monologue. I want you to name this person, living or not, and this person has inspired you so much. Who is this person and what are you saying to this person? Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll uh, that, I, I could think about 20 people off the top of my head, but for this case, I'll pick somebody who I haven't spoke about probably ever publicly which is my grandfather, my father's father, that is, who was um, born in 1904, I believe it is. He's no longer with us, but he was the son of a, of a, I think a slave or uh, I don't think he was, I don't, I don't think he was, I don't think he was enslaving my great grandfather, but either way, my grandfather's father was hung in Mississippi. And my grandfather was almost hung himself alongside of his father with his little with his brother. 
So my grandfather lived in Arkansas. He raised my father in Arkansas and his 12 children in Arkansas. Um, and my grandfather, I would see him every summertime and family reunions and different family events as a child growing up. He passed away maybe about 15 years ago, but um, he's, he's someone that, you know, if I could speak to him or say how much I appreciate him, it, w- it would be a lot because I can only imagine what he, he went through and endured through his lifetime in the South. And what's crazy is his story is probably the same as millions and millions of other black people in this country. So it's like if I speak to him, I could be speaking for other people's uh, grandparents too, who who would just have to different um, other other nationalities, and he was uh, just someone who was a a, a, a raised man his children in the church. A lot of them went to serve in the army, like a lot of other black people who didn't have any other outlet or money for college or anything like that. So my grandfather, just to see him live to be 94 years old and to see his strength, he drove till he was like 90 in the South. He drove his own pickup, little pickup truck. And uh, he had a farm. He was a farmer. He was very independent till his last days on this earth Um, and very aware, you know, very aware of who his grandchildren was and great grands and great, great grands. So, um, yeah, just, he's just always going to be a model to me. And thank you for sharing that story. So what was that moment, that aha moment, Leon, when you knew that you were going to be successful making money as a music composer? Okay. Hmm. I think there were several moments, but one in particular was a show I did in Manhattan in 2009 at the Lincoln Center. It was a, um, a well-known artist who hired me to put together their show, which was four shows, two shows on the Friday and the next night, another two shows. And these shows ended up turning out to be sold out. Um, this is an amazing night on the town, red carpet event, and there I was signing autographs in my own hometown in the city, doing a, a job that a lot of orchestra, professional orchestra players. So after that night occurred, I was like, "Whoa, this is special," and it's highly sought after, but. It's a discipline that if I'm going to do it, that I'll have to really be dedicated to it because you can't play in that area. You have to know. You have to, you really have to operate on a genius level to orchestras and people who have got Ph.D. degrees and doctorates. And, and here you are as the person writing music for them and interpreting music for them. You have to know what you're talking about. And so Definitely a, a aha moment for me to take it very serious and keep uh, moving forward. Talk about mental wellness in your industry. Hmm. Yes, very important. 
Mental wellness is very important in our industry because you get it whenever you get the lights and the cameras and people calling your name or thinking you are this great person, it could really affect you mentally. You know, it could it unfortunately can affect you negatively in a you know in in a mental way. You know, it could, it can really do things inside of you that would never have been done if you hadn't reached a level of success where people where you're not just successful but people are putting you on a pedestal because of your gift so that's something that can really take a jolt to the brain and into the attitude and to the spirit to make you become a whole different person and operate and treat people differently treat yourself differently and needless to say we've seen that happen to a lot of artists who pretty much get caught up in their own hype and um uh, unfortunately it, it definitely does affect the, the mental so I believe that the best solution grounded people around you um, especially especially family who you can trust who will always be there for you whether you have something or whether you don't because uh, there are people that will be around you just because you're paying their paying their bills and then they will never tell you if you need help or they will never really um, help you because they know as long as you're making money then they're gonna make money as well What is your top priority for this coming up new year? Great. Top priority is to be the best husband I could be, to be the best provider I could be, um, to be the best person I could be, and um, definitely to to quadruple my sight reading abilities um, uh, for reading um, scores and instruments, so my 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 ability to learn will be faster. So we read just like we read books. We don't read it just to show off that we can read. We we read because we want to have more knowledge, and then we also read because we want to have the ability to have more knowledge quicker. So um, the more we read, whether it's music or whether it's journals or books, instructional books. That's that could depict how um, you know how how fast we're gonna continue to grow and learn. So that's a big uh, big goal, and of course, to achieve more health in the new year. We want to thank our listeners for joining, and if anyone has a question for Leon, don't hesitate to let us know. So, what is the one thing that we can do right now to support your business and also support the film? Sorry, sorry about that. Um, so well, of course, the film will be out on Friday. Okay. Um, so it would be great if everybody can go and see it. The main composer, her name is Shanda Dancy, um, and I'm an additional composer. So that's my my credits will read as an additional scoring composer. Um, and as far as me, um, I don't really have anything that I'm selling right now. Uh, however, in the in I believe in the new year I will be I will be recording a new project, which will be um, something very special and different. It will be on the on the lines of movie scoring, so it will be um, something that's going to be I think fresh and innovative, a new concept 
Um, so when that comes out, when that drops, it will be great to have your listener support. If you lost everything, what industry would you work in and what would you do to rebuild in 30 days? To rebuild my music career or any, any career? Any career. So what you're doing is let's say you lost everything. And you Mm -hmm. had to rebuild and you had 30 days to rebuild. Would Mm -hmm. you rebuild back into the music industry? Would you go into a totally different industry? What industry would you go into? Why? And how would you rebuild? Hmm. It's really good. That's a deep question because it's like two parts of me. I'm, I'm split with that, with that answer. Um, one of my answers is definitely I will go right back into the music uh, industry because I know how to build um, in this industry um, on on a high level. Uh, so and, and then also I, I know what it takes um, to do so. So it's not just the talent, but it's also the workings of the music uh, networks. Uh, so I will definitely do that. But there is there's always another part of me that uh, if I had 30 days to do it over, I, I would definitely say I would go into um, in, into law, actually. I would go into law. You'd become an attorney? Um, I don't know about attorney, but definitely um, someone who works in that, in that capacity of attorney and maybe maybe the title is attorney but uh i, w- I will be on the on the side of ma- of making um helping to make laws okay okay so i don't know if that's politician but it, w- it would be it, it would be in that area leon what what feeds your soul well um the question was what feed, feeds my soul correct um, definitely the spirit of God, spirit of God, uh, meditating and thinking about the spirit of God. Never, it does not get old to me. It doesn't get old to me uh, in, in, in any capacity or any area that I may think about, whether it's earthly or heavenly, I can, um, get fed by, um, by just meditating on God's spirit. What, what, what is the character of God and what does God have to say about this and that and you know how does God act how would God act so that that's a uh, big thing for me what breaks your heart broken families that's the first thing that breaks my heart families who are broken And Leon, what do you do daily that is impacting people's lives? How do you impact people's lives daily? Yes. Um, well, now I'm studying, studying, studying. But I believe my biggest gift to impact people's lives is songwriting. Uh, I'm a songwriter, I think, by by heart, by, by, na- by nature. I'm a songwriter. Uh, and I remember being a little boy writing songs that had to do with other people kids in my class that they never knew I was writing a song about them and what they were dealing with or maybe their behavior 
and I was always uh, problem solving through writing songs. Uh, and that's something that grew up in me and um, was fortunate to get a record deal with Columbia Records as as an artist years ago because that, that, that even though I have a gift and, and that gift is still going to come out more records. But that's something. I just think songwriting is a healing thing, helper. And tell us your first song that you wrote, even as a kid. What was that first? What was the lyrics of the first song you wrote? Wow, I'm a, I can't say that one because that that's like a running thing with me. Because I I know the song. I was about eight years old when I wrote this song, and I never even my wife doesn't even know know the title. She knows what it's about. So I'll give you the next one if that's okay. That first one is too sentimental. For okay. Me. Um, but <laughs> the next one, the next one is a gospel song, and it's called "Wait on the Lord." And it comes from the scripture, waiting on the Lord and be of good courage. What is something that you have not done in life that you dream about often that you would like to do? That I dream about often. Oh, okay. That's easy. (laughs) Taking my family with me to the south of Italy. That's something that... um, it's always burning in me because I've been there many times and I just love that place so much. It's just the food, the culture, the uh, environment is so beautiful and it's so pleasing to me. And I've been many places, but for some reason, the south of Italy in um, Calabria, overlooking uh, Sicily. So that's something that uh, I definitely plan on doing is taking my mom and dad and my sisters and I mean, that's just, that's going to happen. What does self-care look like for Leon Lacey? Self-care looks like, you know, you got the basics, eating right, um, exercising, moving the body, moving the mind, thinking, helping, strategizing. Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot that I think um, is natural things, but it's if you don't practice these things every day, somebody would be like, "Oh, that's just a, too much. It's just too much." But when, it, once you get into that system of just humble and grateful living, you know uh, that you're going to eat better. You're going to take a walk or go to the gym. You're just gonna uh, be grateful for the life that you're blessed with. So you'll do things that are that are healthy and meaningful, as well as having the right people in your life and getting rid of, not getting rid of, but not associating with the wrong people. If you could spend time with one person, living or not, who would you have a dinner conversation with and what would you say? Other than Jesus? Oh, you want to you wanna just keep it um, without going into the heavenly realm. No, you could go into the heavenly realm. You can go wherever you want to go. That's the beauty of this this interview. It's all about yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I had one person to speak with, it would it would be directly with Jesus. 
Um, and and w- w- was there a second part of that question? Yeah. So you said it would. So what would you say to Jesus if you had a dinner conversation with him? What would you say? You know, I, I would want to ask questions, and I've thought about this many times. I would want to ask him questions, but I would rather listen because I believe he would know what I want to ask him, and I believe he would speak to me in a way where he already knows what my destiny and what my questions are and what my needs are. So he would speak to me freely if I would listen. So I would just pretty much listen and take notes or glean and just try to shut up the whole time and just listen. Leon, advice you wish you had followed. Wow, that's deep. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to keep it real. This uh, this is a tough question, but I'm going to keep it real. So um, I had someone who was very, very important to me in my life who was incarcerated for a very long time. And it really brought me down. It brought me down so low uh, where it affected my career and my passion because all I wanted to do was be where this person was, even if it was incarcerated. Um, So I did a lot of visiting. I did a lot of just spent a lot of years loving this person. And a lot of people used to tell me, you can't throw yourself away. You can't lose your spark because of, of this situation. You have to find a way to to uh, move on in a sense and, and keep fulfilling your purpose. And that's one thing I just found so hard to do. You know, I, I feel like there was many years that I did waste in the aspect of losing myself to show um, love to someone else. And that's just something that I probably would re, I would work harder at supporting someone else, but not losing my own spark and my own joy and, trying to get it back later on in life. Leon, if you conducted this interview, what is the one question you would have asked yourself? I want you to ask the question and answer it. And one question I will answer myself is probably about marriage. Um, And the question would be, Leon, do you think that your marriage will last when so many others don't last? And why do you think your marriage would last? (laughs) Um, And I would answer by saying, well, there's a few things that are working in my marriage. Being married for almost eight years and not having a child. Uh, I would say the first thing is the humility and love and passion that Christ showed for people, people that didn't like him and people that wanted to kill him and actually eventually crucified him. He was able to bounce back from uh, that and keep his love strong. And so that same passion, that same love and um, humility is the groundwork for my marriage. Um, And also I would say that my wife and I, we've accepted that we are far from perfect individuals. So we, we have every room to be imperfect 
and to be honest about our imperfections and be um and show humility and, and show um respect and trust in that form and that's something that um i really feel has the ability to keep people together a bit longer just to be honest about things um and again we have we we live together we live as one but we are in two total different paradigms of responsibility i have i have a set of responsibilities and she has a set of responsibilities and as long as we are given a hundred percent to our own uh separate responsibilities i think that we would last any situation and it'll just be brand new and fun every time we think of each other's name as well as see each other. Let's talk about legacy. When it's all said and done, how do you want to be remembered? I would like to be remembered as a small but gentle giant. Someone who did what they said they were going to do and did it excellently and did it um, with their own identity and did originally, that's the word I'm looking for, uh, whether it's music or whether it's raising my child or whether it's being a husband or being a son or being a brother or being a friend, being a business person, whatever can be said about Leon Lacey, I, 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 I would love for it to be said that I gave a hundred percent and, um, that every time I touch something, it turned to gold. We've come to the part of our interview. It's called Rapid Round of Fun. I'm going to ask you a series of questions, and I would like you to give me very quick answers. If there's something you desire not to answer, feel free to say. Are you ready for the Rapid Round of Fun? Sure. Your ideal car. Rolls Royce, the Cullen. Your favorite holiday. Christmas. Your favorite color. Your favorite color. Um, gold. Your favorite comfort food. Hmm. Italian pizza. What food you eat every week, no matter what? Fish. Your favorite singer or rapper? Hmm. Michael Jackson. Your favorite dance song? Dance song? Leon Lacey, dance dance song. Your favorite dance song. Oh, my favorite dance song would be um a uh, uh tango. Workout or hit the couch. Workout, definitely. Leon Lacey, thank you so much for joining us on Black Entrepreneur Experience Live. Before we let you go, feel free to share with our audience the best way they can connect with you to do business with you 
and feel free to leave all your social media handles and also give another plug for them to see the movie on December 23rd. Sure. My IG is I am Leon Lacey. My website is www.leonlacey.com. And of course, the movie will be out this Friday. Please go and see it. I want to dance with somebody in theaters everywhere. Thank you, Leon. That's a wrap. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Merry Christmas to you as well. You're awesome. Okay. Signing off. Bye.